0: Section 19 of Gutenberg and the Art of Printing This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Gutenberg and the Art of Printing by Emily Clemens Pearson Chapter 19 Faust and Schoffer's Success More Books Issued An Eventful Year Greek Type Struck by the plague, the Parisians and Faust's descendants, Schoffer's death, testimony to Gutenberg, extensions of the art, piety and chess, education in the olden time, unveiling the statue. To return to Faust and Schoffer. After the lawsuit, as we have seen, they mostly ignored the existence and services of Gutenberg. Soon after the memorable separation, Faust went to Paris as before related, the sales of Bibles in Germany alone being so limited as to bring in but small returns for the money invested. It was evidently necessary to take extraordinary measures to meet the emergency. In Faust's cool, business-like view, everything would be lost, unless some speedy and marked success was attained. His experiments resulted better even than he had anticipated, and returning flush with money, the printing rooms soon presented a scene of unwanted activity. The literary indulgentier, with which Schoffer and his journeymen had busied themselves during Faust's absence, was urged through the press and into the market. What a difference a little money makes, said Faust, as he saw how well the book was selling. We must hasten to finish the Psalter. This was ready for purchasers by August 1457. It was in the highest style of the printing art of the age, and could not be excelled. As Faust and Schoeffer gazed on its beautiful pages, how could they forget the inventor, who designed the publishing of the work, and labored with them, in executing it, full thirty long painstaking months. Yet they uttered few words of acknowledgment. For two years they were occupied in striking off, binding, embellishing, and selling the psalter with the additional labor of casting a new fount of type. While Schoffer and his assistants were engaged in this absorbing toil, Faust again visited Paris to dispose of the psalter. By this means he replenished, once more, the treasury of the firm, and returning about the time the new fount was finished, they printed the Durandi. The next year, 1460, the Constitutionists appeared, and in 1462 a new edition of the Latin Bible. This last was the eventful year in which the city of Mentz was taken, sacked and plundered, by the Elector Adolphus of Nassau. Such was the confusion and distraction occasioned by this unlooked-for event that almost all business was suspended. The journeyman printers, being suddenly thrown out of employment, fled panic-stricken to other countries, and considering themselves freed from their oath, the great secret of thirty years was spread abroad. Faust and Schoffer left almost alone in their printing rooms, effected little for some time. At length, Schoffer's busy brain hit upon something new in printing, and with his usual patience and assiduity, he fell to casting a fount of Greek type, and in 1465, some little time after Gutenberg had retired from his art, issued Cicero de Officis, using the new Greek type. On occasion of printing anything of special importance, Faust continued to visit Paris, then the chief seat of learning, and so great a work as this of Cicero in Greek would, of course, be welcomed with avidity by the professors and students in the university. As soon as possible, therefore, he hastened to the city, furnished with a good supply of the much-coveted volume. This was early in 1466 he was received with enthusiasm, for such had been the reputation of the previous works circulated by him in the French metropolis, that he had a large circle of admiring patrons and friends. But alas for the uncertainty of earthly things, while yet in the midst of success and gratulation he was seized with the plague, and died after an illness of a few hours." THE PARISIANS WERE LOUD IN THEIR EXPRESSIONS OF GRIEF, AND A LARGE CONCOURSE GATHERED AT HIS FUNERAL. THE LEARNED MEN AND NOBILITY OF THE CITY ASSEMBLED, DISTINGUISHED HONORS WERE PAID HIM, AND THE SEQUEL WAS THAT IN COMMEMORATION OF THE SIGNAL SERVICES HE HAD RENDERED THEM, THEY CONTINUED A GENEROUS PECUNIARY REWARD TO HIS DESCENDANTS. THE DREADFUL SHOCK, OCCASIONED BY THE DEATH OF HIS FATHER-IN-LAW, deeply affected Schoffer. May we not suppose that in his loneliness and affliction he sought a reconciliation with his old master Gutenberg? There is indeed evidence that this was the case, and we are permitted to infer that the breach was healed, suitable acknowledgments being made by Schoffer, as he plainly saw that the mortgage act which made Faust master of Gutenberg's property did not include his genius in later years he frankly confessed as much to trithymius abbot of spanheim monastery a celebrated scholar and author says this writer after mentioning that he had his information from the mouth of peter schofer the inventor of cast metal types About this time that wonderful and almost incredible art of printing and characterizing books was thought of and invented by John Gutenberg, a citizen of Mentz. Then follows some of the main particulars of the invention on which we have already dwelt. He also mentions that Gutenberg spent all his substance in quest of the art and met with such insuperable difficulties that in despair he had nearly given up all hopes of success till he was assisted by the liberality of faust and by his brother's skill in the city of mentz schoffer having associated with him conrad henleth nobly presided over the interests of the great art after gutenberg's death diligently issuing elegant editions of various books His last work was a new impression of his master's superb Bible in 1502, in which year he died, after laboring 35 or 36 years as a printer. His monogram is connected with Faust's, and, as we have mentioned, some suppose this also to have been the device of Gutenberg. The name of Schoffer means shepherd, and well did the thoughtful care, caution, and ingenuity of this man aid in watching over the young art, that needed such vigilant cherishing to bring it to maturity. He was once Gutenberg's right-hand man, next to him ingenious in devising, and despite his doubtful course afterwards in leaving him, was an honor and a blessing to his country. His son John succeeded him in his office, and later still his grandson John chose the same employment, of Coster, little can be said. Some even suppose that no such person ever existed, while others inclined to confer on him honors which he never earned. It is certain that he did not reach the idea of movable types. He died in fourteen forty when Gutenberg had been familiar with their use for years. The capture of Mentz in fourteen sixty-two was the means of carrying the knowledge of the art of printing to Hamburg, Cologne strasbourg augsburg and other cities and in a short time books were issued from many places 24 different works appeared between 1460 and 1470 in the latter year two of faust's workmen commenced printing in paris also in 1470 the art was practiced in venice cennini A goldsmith, established printing in Florence, and so industrious were the Italians that they printed between 1470 and 1480 1,297 books, 234 of which were editions of ancient authors. Presses were also established in the Low Countries, at Utrecht, Lorraine, Basel, and at Buda in Hungary. And indeed, in the course of a few years, every town of any importance possessed its printing office, so that books were greatly multiplied. Several women of France early distinguished themselves in prosecuting the art of printing. Prominent among them was Charlotte Gillard, 1490-1540, to 1540, the widow of Bertolt Rambeau, who for fifty years kept several presses at work and printed a great number of large and very correct editions both in latin and greek her best impressions were issued after she became a widow the second time the bible the fathers and the works of st gregory in two volumes which were so accurate as to contain only three faults in brief her fame as a printer was so extensively known that the learned Louis lippeman bishop of verona selected her to print his catena in genisum with the accomplishment of this he was so well satisfied that after assisting at the council of trent he went on purpose to paris to return thanks to her and also give her his second volume to print the catena in Exodum which she performed with like precision and elegance elfield was more especially noted for its productions in printing since henry and nicholas bechtermanger successors of gutenberg there wrought at his presses and other printing apparatus which were the latest efforts in the art says dibdin the works of these men are greatly sought after by the curious as they afford much proof by collation of the geniuses of the works attributed to their great predecessor. The first English printer was William Caxton, Mercer, or Merchant, who became acquainted with the art while engaged in mercantile pursuits in Germany. Returning to England, he established the printing press at Westminster Abbey in 1480, although somewhat advanced in years when he commenced— Yet such was his industry and perseverance that he translated and printed, in ten years, no less than twenty-five octavo volumes. These were mostly useful literary and religious works, but did not indicate high culture in England. The last work he issued, and on which he was engaged when overtaken by death, was The Art and Craft to Know Well How to Die after the death of caxton wenkin de verda his partner continued to print in his office living in his house at westminster and styling himself printer to margaret etc the king's grand dame he printed the acts of parliament with the royal arms also many latin and english books in forty years over four hundred volumes it is not known that he printed any greek works yet he made many improvements in the art of printing. His first care was to cut a new set of punches. He sunk these into matrices and cast several sorts of printing letters afterwards used in his books. He was the first English printer who introduced the Roman letter into England, using it to mark striking thoughts. His type was remarkable for its precision and for a long time was not excelled The art of printing was not long in extending to other places in England besides London. It was started in Oxford in 1480, also at St. Albans in the same year, and many other places, among which were York, Canterbury, Worcester, Ipswich, and Norwich. The Common Prayer was printed in Dublin by Humphrey Powell in quarto, black letter, in 1551. Before and after that period, the authors of Ireland had their works printed abroad. Euclid's Geometry, the first work in Latin printed with diagrams, was issued from the press of Randolph at Venice, fourteen eighty two. Aldus also printed the works of Virgil there in italic types in fifteen o one, the first attempt at producing cheap books. Blau, who assisted Tycho Brahe in making his mathematical instruments, effected great improvements in the printing press. He made nine presses, and named them after the nine muses. His fame soon reached England, where his excellent printing machines were soon after introduced. Aldus Minucius of Venice during a career of twenty-six years in the employment of printing, produced editions of nearly all the Greek and Roman authors then known to exist. He was also the author of several works of learning, grammars and dictionaries of the Greek and Latin languages, the last forming a folio volume, the first that had ever been prepared. For nearly one hundred and fifty years, the Estines of France were famous as printers, Robert Stephens, a member of this family, was the first inventor of the verses into which the New Testament is now divided, and introduced them in his edition of it, published in 1551. Harry, the eldest son of Robert Stephens, was one of the most learned men of his time. Thesaurus, a dictionary of the Greek language was the fruit of twelve years' hard application of the elder Stevens, who also suffered persecution for being a Protestant and fled from France to reside at Geneva. The early printers were well educated, but time and space fail us to note the many learned men who practiced the art in different countries, who, availing themselves of the new sources of information, added to the general stock of knowledge, as they eagerly grasped The shining treasures laid open by the discovery of printing it is well known that the first printers were learned and being engaged in printing from ancient and classical manuscripts were naturally the associates of the first literary characters of the age indeed in the infancy of printing and long afterwards the occupation was very honorable and was only engaged in by well-educated persons It was the glory of the learned to be known as correctors of the press to literary printers. Physicians, lawyers, bishops, and even popes themselves occupied this department, and a distinguished name as corrector of the press being given in a work it was far more highly valued. End of section 19